0: They're called, there'll be fantasy There'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see hey, a
1: movie Yeah, we're gonna hey, be a movie Starring everybody And me There'll be heroes bold There'll be comedy And a lot of fuss that ends for us feel happily hey, a movie We can watch it all develop Starring everybody And me We'll take the world and set it on its ear. Come on, join in. We're gonna start right here. And we are gonna start right here. Good evening. You are listening to a religion Broadcasting premiere podcast triple feature. And tonight on the marquee from Hulu and 20th Century Studios, formerly 20th Century Fox, but you know, the mouse. <laughs> vacation Friends, starring John Cena. Da, 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 and from uh, Amazon, formerly, I believe, Sony, uh, that they bought for a buck and, uh, buck and a quarter, Cinderella 2021. Sorry, oh, I think Mark. it's Indira Mendel, Mendel. Indeed. Indi- Indi- yep. Uh, <laughs> That her, <laughs> yeah, that chick, yeah, uh, oh, excuse me, me, lady Camilo Cabela and Indina Menzel and Minnie Driver. Oh, mm-hmm. Minnie, we miss you. Um, I and, miss Minnie. I mean,
0: okay, we'll, we'll hang, get into hang that on, h- hang on, before yeah. we get
1: into Minnie Driver, uh, and finally, also from um, Amazon Prime, Blinking, you missed it, it's Jolt starring <laughs> <laughs> everyone. That's <so> freaking true. Oh. <laughs> uh. Everyone's favorite ass kicker, wolf petter, and, and vampire murderer, Kate Beckinsale. All right. And joining me tonight, uh, he is a miscreant, a miscreant, and a misfit. He's a dungeon master. He'll take you into his dungeon. He'll show you his <laughs> he'll show you his little things. Wow. Sorry, <laughs> Ladies and <what>? gentlemen, <laughs> it's Ronnie Adams. How do you do, sir? I'm very, very well. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing well. This is the first uh, video we've done all week. I either really, re- yeah, it was either pre-recorded stuff, old stuff, or um, we just went audio only for one reason or another. So you have the dubious honor, Ronnie Adams, of being the only person I've hosted on video this whole week. I'm sorry. To do <laughs>
0: you like
1: that. So Ronnie came to me a few months ago and was like, "Hey, man, I'm starting to get the podcasting itch again. I'd like to be on more of your shows," and I said. Great! I need people to do shit that Robert Winfrey won't do, and he went, uh, oh, God damn it! I didn't <laughs> say that." But... <laughs> and so here we are. Um, I said, "Hey, I really want to yeah, talk about." Here this. we are. I really want to talk about this Cinderella movie, uh, that uh, that's it's coming out on Amazon because I think it's a real conversation piece. Also, John Cena is in a is in a comedy on Hulu, and we should talk about that because like half of what we do on this network is wrestling. And then I and then Kate Beck and Sales Hot. So here we are. And that's how we landed on these three streaming movies. So we'll start with Vacation Friends. Before I pitched it to you, had, did you know what this was? Had you heard of it? I didn't know it, it existed
0: before you did that okay. me.
1: Um, yeah, I I comb the list of movies that are coming out and I kind of study them and I write notes down or whatever <laughs> on the uh, on the tomb on the schedule. Uh, I don't know where the leather bound one that you got me was. I show it on camera, um, but oh, for here, there it is. Hey, you still got it? Yeah, the schedule. old leather tome. Yep, uh, the anyway. tome of horrors, as I call it. <laughs> so I write, so I write all the stuff down, and I notice that, like, oh, th- there's a um, a 20th century film with John Cena in it, and it's going straight to Hulu, and I'm like that'd be kind of a fun thing to talk about. Uh, so you didn't know anything about it until I told you about it, right? Not a thing. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, We're going to start with Vacation Friends first. We're going to start easy, and then we're going to (laughs) get to the meat of this thing. (laughs) And and Ronnie's going to have himself a time. He's Ah, going to have a good
0: old time. It's been been a while since I pitched a fit
1: on here. (laughs) Oh, good. Uh, An authentic Ronnie Adams fit. Fit pitching. (laughs) All right. So uh, Vacation Friends is a 2021 American Buddy comedy film uh, directed by Clay Tarver who people might know from uh, Silicon Valley, the show on HBO uh, with a screenplay by Tom Mullen. Um, it stars Lil Rel Howery, who I believe was also in Free Guy. Uh, the aforementioned yes, he was. world heavyweight champion John Cena, who was also was an F- F9 this past year. And then Yvonne uh, Orji, Meredith Hagner, Robert Wisdom, formerly of The Wire, lynn whitfield and andrew bachelor and here's and this came out uh august 27th when um you know came with the with the fox purchase by disney and they repackaged it and threw it onto hulu
0: that's roughly the time you asked me to do this um uh, <laughs> so yeah. i watched it about then and mm-hmm. um we'll see how much i remember
1: all right well there'll okay. be a quiz at the end of this so okay okay <laughs> Marcus and Emily are on vacation to Mexico where he intends to propose his plans are ruined ruined I tell you ruined (laughs) when first their room is flooded uh, and then a hotel employee ruins a surprise with no other choice Marcus proposes to her on the spot in the lobby and she accepts wild and carefree Ron and Kyla played by the aforementioned John Cena um, and uh, Meredith Hagner watch their special moment inviting them to stay with them for their trip the four spend their vacation together which includes Marcus and Emily eloping both blackout due to excessive drinking like you do but Marcus briefly regains consciousness during what appears to be Kyla having sex with him the next day Emily remembers nothing from the night before and Marcus decides to keep what he recalls a secret at the end of their vacation Marcus and Emily decide to cut ties with Ron and Kyla like you would months later Marcus and Emily have their official wedding hosted by Emily's parents Harold and Suzanne Suzanne you're all that I wanted from a girl. So they, especially uh, Harold don't approve of Marcus, partly because of an incident where Marcus punched Emily's brother, Gabe, Harold. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Harold entrusts Marcus funny. with the rings for the wedding, which belonged to Emily's great grandparents, both the ceremony. Sorry. Before the ceremony, Ron and Kyla show up, they discovered the location of the wedding online and deciding to come. Harold is initially furious at the intrusion, but eventually warms to them. Kyla reveals she is pregnant, and Marcus is directly involved in the pregnancy. Yeah, this is where the movie takes a to- turn for the really stupid. Yeah. Making him believe that he is the baby's father because nobody in this, fa- in this movie talks to each other. Right. The next day, Ron speaks to Harold, convincing him to give Marcus a second chance. A grateful Marcus selects Ron to be the best man, and Ron convinces Marcus to entrust him with the rings. The next day, the men go golfing with Gabe as his friend. Uh, and his friend, rather. To Marcus's chagrin, Ron suggests they bet on the game. Halfway through the round, Ron reveals that he bankrolled the wagers by pawning the wedding rings. On the final hole, Ron makes a massive bet that he can hit the 18th green in a single stroke. Despite Ron initially looking at the wrong green, forcing him to make a 375-yard shot to win the bet, he miraculously sinks a hole in one because he's John Cena. Right um actually he bribed a golf course employee to plant the ball in the hole i think it would have been better if he had actually hit the home run that'd, be, uh, <laughs> hole in the hole. that'd be, be great um after returning to the pawn shop to retrieve the rings ron accidentally actually it would have been funny if he had sunk the putt and there and cm punk was just sitting indian style next to the hole anyway um <laughs> we're wrestling fans <laughs> shut up ron accidentally causes marcus to drop the rings in a sewer grate Marcus chokes Ron in anger, but Don Cena has no neck, so it doesn't work, who reveals (laughs) that he was told by a doctor that he was Uh, sterile and that Kayla got pregnant because of Marcus. uh, At the rehearsal dinner, Kyla uh, promises to make a speech where it seems she is going to announce that Marcus is the father of her child. He interrupts sharing the full story in gory detail of what he believes happened in Mexico only for Kyla. To reveal, they only intend to name the baby after Marcus and he is not the father. You are not the father. Marcus tells an angry Harold the rings were lost and a fight ensues outside the wedding hall. Marcus and Emily angrily demand that Ron and Kyla leave. Emily's grandma Phyllis delivers a wedding gift from Kyla. The letters inside reveals that Ron had lost his previous best friend, Charlie, and that his relationship with her and Marcus had helped him to recover. The gift is the wedding rings, which Ron retrieved from the sewer. Emily and Marcus realize they have made a mistake by sending Kyla and Ron away, so they eventually find them. The four reunite, and Ron and Kyla reveal they are finally planning to marry, holding the same ceremony in Mexico where Marcus and Emily tied the knot, along with their family and friends joining. Okay, Ronnie. <sighs> Oof, this movie. I actually didn't mind the first, like, half, half an hour to 45 minutes. Yeah. It. This, um, when they were actually in Mexico, like... First of all, this might be John Cena's best role ever. Like normally, he, like, normally plays like a really stiff jarhead. I liked him as like the party meathead here. Did you uh,
0: did you see him in Blockers uh, as the dad? He played a dad in that, and it, he was really good. When he's not, I mean, like I, I hate to say this, but I mean, he really surprises me on how good of an actor he is. And it's not always just the the the, the military blockhead muscle guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, but you look at him, you're like, how can that guy pull off a dad roll? Because right. honestly, he's chiseled from freaking stone. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like, how does that guy, um, you know, love his heart? I mean, he's a nice looking fellow. Um, I can't remember, like, off the top. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lil Rel. Yeah. Powering. Nice looking guy. Funny guy. But how do you get the confidence to take off your shirt on a beach scene next to John Cena?
1: <laughs> well, he's, I he's shower a, he's, with shirts on. He's a comedian, you know, and fat people yeah. are funny. Um, here's the thing about John Cena. So, like I said, he's normally Sorry. like he he uh, he was in a movie that my kids and I saw. I think it was called Playing with Fire. And again, mm. he's like super serial military guy. Only he's a fireman. Right, and he right, was right. in Bumblebee. He was the, he was not only the villain, but he was also super serious super mili- military guy. He- F- F9, he's super serious military guy. So, like, what people don't realize... Suicide about Squad. Suicide Squad, right. He's super serious military guy. But he's
0: so funny in that.
1: Right. Well, yeah. But, like, I, what I'm getting to is the thing that makes John Cena funny and really the best part of Vacation Friends is how over-the-top, like, crazy and wild he is. Yeah. And, like, he gives half of his performance just screaming into the microphone, sorry, mm-hmm. screaming into the camera. And it's hilarious because, like, when, just watching wrestling for the last 20 years, you know, of which John Cena was a huge part. Yeah. yeah, John Cena started to lean into the military stuff a little bit, but really what, you know, what got him over was how witty he was, how quick and how like when he was when when like when he would give a promo, especially like, you know, when after he became ch- uh, world champion, he uh he just he emoted so much like he lit up that ring like no matter who he was in the ring with mm -hmm. nobody nobody
0: in their right mind ever believed that he was a hip-hop hip-hop star right or anything of the sort he even put out an album and it was awful (laughs) um but he was so quick-witted and so funny with some of the stuff that he said and um Instead, and he knows how to, like you said, he mode He he knows when to smile, when to frown, when to mm-hmm. look like he's about to chew your face off. Everything else,
1: and it just changes so you, quick, so on a dime, man. Uh, you
0: and, you
1: you don't see him as an actor doing a lot of like meathead bro dude roles. No, no, no. And that's totally what this is. He's a me- I mean, Randy's also a yeah. military guy in this one too, but he's a meathead bro dude at heart. And yeah. so the first half an hour to forty five minutes, where he's doing drugs and he's screaming and riding jet skis and all right. that—that's hilarious. that, like that's when the movie is funny. Because, yeah. like I said, little—it's—it's it's a weird dynamic because you would think that like John Cena would be the you know the type A control freak that Little Rel Howery is playing, and you would think yeah. that as the comedian, Little Rel Howery would be the funny guy. Right, right. things up and you know knocking things over and look who's coming to dinner and all of that, but instead you have Little Rel Howery who's having to play the straight man to John Cena's nut.
0: Oh, it's it's definitely a a, a big role reversal in and mm. how we see things. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could say that dynamic has it, it, it has changed since you know especially in uh, in today's movies. I mean, back in the eighties, it would have been the exact opposite
1: mm-hmm it yeah, no, been, for
0: sure. yeah it would have been arnold schwarzenegger playing the straight guy mm-hmm. you know military everything's in, i mean look at uh freaking twins even right it's supposed to be a comedy and he's like he's the the exercise nut that has everything lined up in in, in
1: control and and um the and comedy you got none danny of com- devito yeah so none of the comedy comes from schwarzenegger it all comes from danny devito danny
0: devito exactly and with this uh it's almost like the writer said okay let's take that but flipping on its head let's make the big muscle-bound military guy the bro dude and mm-hmm. you know taking the drugs and doing all the stuff and and um the one you the the comedian the legit comedian let's make him the, the straight character you know right. the 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 serious character yeah
1: he has to take like neurosis and anxiety and whatnot and somehow mm-hmm. like." make it funny while also not being the comedian in the movie.
0: I like that guy, too. I like Lil mm-hmm. Ray. Uh, he's, he's really funny. Oh, did did he was, you see Free Guy? I love Free Guy.
1: Okay. So look yeah. at him in that one. Like, in that one, except for the one like, heart-to-heart he has with Ryan Reynolds yeah. at the end of the movie, he's just making goofy lines, you know? He's the comedic sidekick. Right. One of the things I want to talk about really quick, because um, while some reviewers had very little to say about this or nothing at all, um, it's <laughs> a particular person I'm aiming that at, ah, gotcha. uh, but, um, you know, there, there are some things about this movie that legitimately need to be talked about. And one of those things is something that my wife actually brought up when we were watching it together. Mm-hmm. She was like, you, you don't see one of the things you talk about like role reversals here. One of the things I think the movie does to its benefit actually is that it, it points to, and it kind of accentuates black wealth like there's been a black wealth class in this country for a number of years now, but it, you know, it's like, you know, the list of CEOs out there and people are amazed at how many of them are black men and women and things like that. Like, like there has been a a wealthy black class in this country for any number of years, but it's not, but all we ever talk about are the underclass. Right. We talked about the people being like affected by everyday policing and things like that. Well,
0: that, and you know while that is an important issue absolutely Mm -hmm. that's all we've been fed to through um through media i mean if you if you you're frozen there you go Uh, you froze with your drink to your mouth i was like "Uh oh um
1: it's gonna happen every once in a while
0: (laughs) i was about to say this is getting too serious we gotta we gotta (laughs) cut tape and run um (laughs) But, uh, I mean, you look back at all the sitcoms and television shows and movies that we've been, you know, through the, the you know, since, since the 80s on up to now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only two black, wealthy black families that I can remember being on TV mm-hmm. were the Jeffersons, and they were always played for uh, George, was always played as a goof.
1: Yeah, the whole structure of the like Jeffersons that. was to kind of turn racism on its head. Well, what mm-hmm. if the blacks were in charge, kind of a thing?
0: Right. And then you had the Cosby's. Yeah. The Cosby's were two
1: doctors that were married. That one doctor and a lawyer.
0: A doc- was she a lawyer? I thought
1: she was, she was. a psychologist. Felicia, no. Police Felicia no, was a was lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, yep, sorry. And he was like an um a baby doctor. He
0: was yeah, he was yeah. I remember him being a pediatrician. Um, but uh or was he OBGYN.
1: OBGYN.
0: OBGYN. I can't remember. You doctor. don't remember the
1: one Cosby show where he was delivering babies all night. It was like the worst night. Like everyone. Oh knocked. yeah. I remember, and, and but New I York don't remember
0: was... the names of doctors. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so he had a dream that he was delivering sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> That's a
0: great show. It was, was a problematic person, but great show.
1: It's, it's unfortunate. He's a rapist, but you yeah, know, exactly. moving, on, um... moving on,
0: but, um, <laughs> but yeah, those are the only two And the Jefferson's. Wasn't really even a, a good representation of black wealth, in my well, opinion. There was also but I'm not a black Air. person, and I'm not wealthy. I, I forgot was, about Fresh Prince. Yeah. Uh, but even then, that wasn't the social, that wasn't the focus of it. Right. Where did, where did, where did Prince come from? Came from the hood,
1: man. Right.
0: He was bringing the hood <laughs> to Bel Air.
1: The hood. The hood. The hood. Um, he was from Philly. So, yeah, it was it was interesting. Philadelphia. It was interesting to see in Vacation Friends, like, you know, you always the, the, typically in nine hundred and ninety nine out of a thousand movies that deal with snooty families, it's white snooty families. Yeah, absolutely. It's not Hispanic snooty families. It's not oh. Asian snooty families. It's always white people. So I actually kind of liked that. First of all, the, there's an absence of a discussion of race in this. They just are wealthy and yeah. happen to be black, Thank, but that's oh. not what this movie is about yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Like. But the fact that John is white and he's friends with a black guy isn't at all the issue. The issue is he's you know he's not classy, you know, and right. he messes things up. And Kyla, you know, is, is not classy and, and I she like messes that. things up. And you know, they're giving drugs to the grandmother and you know <laughs> and all of that. Um, so the first half of this movie actually kind of works for me. It's the second yeah. half when we get to the wedding. It got dumb. Yeah, I, I think once we got out of like the um. The night before the wedding, like reception, uh, like everything, I think up to the golf game, yeah, actually wasn't too bad. Um, mm. Once we got to the golf game, is where the movie starts to really start to de- start to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And then, so like the golf game itself, um, it, it starts to get, it starts to steadily creep over the top. When they go to get the rings, wow. is when it gets really stupid. And mm-hmm. then the wedding itself. Like or, or the um, yeah, it lost me. I mean, like yeah, I
0: remember getting up to do other things at that point. Um, yeah, well,
1: it wasn't the wedding. It was the, it. was the um. It was actually the night before the wedding. Yeah, where the, where Kyla and John Cena make the speech about having the baby, and then Little real Harry is like, and we had sex. It's like, well, that's not really what happened. We had sex on top of you, and oh, three's company, do yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> It, it only worse i mean like three's company was always <laughs> awesome about you know their mistaken yeah, it's john
1: ritter where always mug for the camera oh i love john ritter you know? but
0: <laughs> man it, nobody could shoot a camera time like he could yeah no. but uh, uh but it's just you know it just didn't work for me i mean oh you know, yeah I, I don't like to get up and do things when i'm watching a movie especially when i know i'm gonna be talking to you about it mm-hmm. At this point i was like oh my dog needs more food carry eight what is it anymore how do you you think about like
1: like cringe comedy like i know like in like the mid to late 90s maybe the early 2000s like whenever there was that renaissance of cringe comedies like there's something about mary yeah and meet the fuckers and stuff like that where it was half gross out humor half cringe comedy um meet the fuckers wasn't so much
0: gross out humor it was more more like cringe comedy in the fact that like you, you wanted to hide under a
1: blanket the whole time yeah. that he was talking. Like it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. And that was the feeling I got with this. Like, like watching them party in Mexico and kind of the comedy that comes out of trying to get Little Rel Howery to you know let his hair down. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was fun. Yeah, and you know, and, and the and the orgy at the you know that that sort of sets off you know that ends the first act and goes into the the second act. Yeah, um, like. I kind of wish that was like the end of the movie. <laughs> I don't know how long the movie would have been. Man, you're going like full
0: uh, <laughs> uh, sausage party on us, aren't you? Yeah. I, have I don't you ever know. seen I'm... that? No, I have not. Seth I mean, Rogen's it's... animated.
1: I've seen the pitch meeting for it, but that's about it. Everything uh, ends it's... in an orgy in that. Terrific. Um, I it's not no. that I needed it to end in an orgy. I just need the movie to end at that point. Right. Like everything that comes after it that has to now have to deal with the consequences of that orgy. Got exceedingly stupid the longer it went so anyway so like just, just to kind of close up the movie it the whole like the writers are insistent that the comedy is in the miscommunication between John Cena and kyla and literal Howry and his fiance and it's like but none of that stuff is funny and i don't know who would find that stuff funny well and it's the, really hard to watch
0: it's 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 almost like you know. okay so the miscommunicate the king of the miscommunication was was three's company right but they did it this is more yeah they relied on imagination this took imagination completely out of it right and um it, it basically just lied to you okay this happened oh it really happened well no it didn't in the end oh surprise miscommunication you
1: know kind of a deal it didn't right. it didn't let you come to that conclusion on your own here's the other thing john cena and kyle are not bad people like, they're not essentially. Essentially, you're supposed to draw the conclusion that they're bad. That they're horrible because people. That they do drugs. That's their. Yeah. They. They. They do drugs. They're loud, and they. They kind of. They're kind of pushy about yeah. themselves and other people. They're a little needy. Yeah. But like, from that, you're supposed to. You as the audience are supposed to draw the conclusion. Oh, how uncouth they are, and what bad people they are, and Little Rel Howry's right mm-hmm. to push them out of his life. And it's like, no, Little Rel Howry seems like a dick. Yeah,
0: movie. It did make him look like a little make him look bad in the end. Um, um, and then the thing
1: of it is, is like you know, like the golf game being a really good example is John Cena's like, oh, I'm not going to really take his car. I'm going to give it back to him. I just needed for you to not be treated like crap. And you're like, well, that's a well, really nice thing to do. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm, now I'm cheering for John Cena, and that's not what the movie. You're not supposed yeah. to cheer for John Cena. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. it is it... It's like the more they wrote it, the more they're like, okay, and then we can do this. And then and there could be a unicorn and mm-hmm. a hot air balloon and all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 no. Let's pull it back some. <laughs> and then
1: the dam um, broke.
0: And then the dam broke and there was a snake in my boot. Yeah. But it, they should have kept the movie, in my opinion, they could should have kept it contained in Mexico. Let me ask you a question. Yes.
1: Would you watch a sequel? No. Good, because if one's on the way. Oh, good. Uh, that's awesome. September 2021, 20th Century Studios announced that a sequel titled Honeymoon Friends is in development with the cast and director Clay Tarver set to return. Oh, boy. Awesome. Can't wait. Um, this if you year, come
0: to me and say, Ronnie, I need somebody <laughs> to watch this, I'll watch it for you. Okay.
1: But that's
0: about the only way I
1: will. So this did a 60% um, on Rotten Tomatoes, then a 5.7 out of 10. Uh, I believe on Metacritic, um, no, something else. Yeah, IMDb's and then uh, forty-four out of hundred.
0: Yeah, IMDb's got it sitting at a six point seven. Okay,
1: all right, six point so three. So it dropped. So that's Vacation Friends. You know, if you have Hulu, you know it comes with the cost of the subscription. I mean, it, you know, there are dumber ways to spend your time. Um, and John Cena is really funny, but overall, yeah. it was like, all right, it's it's out there in the world. I feel the need to talk about it, and now I feel the need to not talk about it anymore. Let's move on to Cinderella. All righty. Now, you did this one for me as a favor. I really wanted to talk about this. This was. I want the- my pound of flesh, Mark Radlich. I'm going to give you, easy, Jason. <laughs> I'm going to give you your moment to to, <laughs> to to have your therapy session here. Um, but I got two things. I got a first. I, did you take notes do you have like like a prepared script or do you have notes that you're going to read from? i did
0: but i got angry and tore them up
1: okay when you wrote those notes did you use grammarly
0: i didn't and i should have and because I, I couldn't have been able to tear it up wow also need it <laughs> in my everyday life for speaking
1: i wouldn't have been able to tear it up and i would have been prepared for tonight well, Grammarly's AI-powered products help p- people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly everywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To so download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. To download Grammarly for free, and then you can be like Ronnie and write notes and then tear them up. All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the whole thing with Cinderella this was supposed to be in theaters I want to say around the same time as uh, this was supposed to oh yeah I remember this was supposed to be out in July. Oh this good. Was around the same time as like Snake Eyes and Old. Oh um, yeah, somewhere where, in that area.
0: Where the where it should have been where films go to die.
1: Yeah, they don't go to die in July. They go to die in September except for when you're in pandemics. Um so True. they this was originally set to to be released strictly in theaters and then like i said i think it was sony who produced this um yeah sony Pictures. and they i guess they they did the math on it they were like mm, forget it let's just sell it to A- amazon is spending stupid amounts of money i think they're like overpaying for movies to try to beef up their amazon streaming service
0: do the math do you mean actually watch it
1: do the math. Is no one's going to see this in theaters? Let's take what we can get from a streamer <laughs> and come, you know, see if we can come out ahead. Or did they go? Hey, we haven't actually watched
0: this yet. <sighs> Let's just so, sell it to Amazon. So this we're, is, we're not going to do good.
1: So this is. So here's the thing. I watched this with my wife and kids before we even get into the movie. And I didn't the the rap on this movie before I even saw the first trailer for it was that it was supposed to be like a very like LGBTQ positive, like pro Cinderella, take on Cinderella, but also kind of like an, my, my wife said after watching it, she's like, you need to watch Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted takes ele- fantasy elements of yore and kind of gives them a modern twist. Yeah. And so it's this really weird amalgamation of modernity with a old time aesthetic. Okay, it's, not,
0: so- it's not my jam, but Ella Enchanted yeah. is definitely better than this.
1: That's what my wife told me. and so we actually Testicle get- surgery is better than this. I get it. Um, so she made me watch Ella Enchanted because she was like, if you want to understand what they were going for with Cinderella, you need to watch Ella Enchanted. So I did. Anyway, point being, um, when I had heard the buzz on this and I knowing the kind of people that we know and knowing how certain people would react to it, I was like, I got to watch this thing and I got to talk about it. Um, and so we did. My daughter loved it. My son was like, uh, my son kind of had the same thing. In me. Was like, if this is supposed to be old times, why are you know why are wiz- women starting businesses? They didn't have businesses in the time of castles and whatnot. And I'm like, my son's so smart. And my 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 wife was playing with your son so much. <laughs> what is this? What is this women's lib shit in the middle of <laughs> this fantasy movie? And I he just said, wanted to walk around with a little cigar <laughs> and, and call people broad
0: and and toots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> get your tush in there, Toots. Get me a get me Make three fingers, three fingers of milk.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh Cinderella 2021 is a romantic musical film based on the fairy tale of the same name. It's directed by Kay Cannon, who you might know from the Pitch Perfect series. Um it stars singer Camila Cabello. Indina Menzel, Mini Driver, uh, Nicholas, Galitzine, Billy Porter. Uh, who is he? what was it? How, how is he described? It? It's like a gender neutral... fabulous, the <laughs> fabulous
0: godmother. Yeah, There's the non-binary godmother. version right. of the godmother. Very right.
1: Funny. And I remember seeing that was like the earliest thing I'd found out about this movie. And I'm like, oh I have to talk about this. Um, it is a jukebox musical, jukebox musical featuring pop and rock hits. Um which I did not realize. I, I knew this was a musical. Why had to be a musical. They have a singer as the lead. I didn't realize it was gonna be like all covers of pop songs. So when they mm-hmm. broke into things like Material Girl and <laughs> Queen and shit like that, I was like, What am I
0: watching here? The only person that should be allowed to take modern music and mix it with a uh, with a time, you know, a time setting like that, mm-hmm. it's gotta be Boz Lerman. That's it. It's the only person that should be
1: allowed to do it. I can't wait for his Elvis picture next year, which is why we're going to be doing the Red Curtain trilogy, but we'll get there when we get there. All right. All right. So, Cinderella. Cinderella is an ambitious young woman who wants to establish her shop, dresses by Ella. One day in her patriarchal society, down with the patriarchy, down with pants, she catches the eye of Prince Robert in the guard changing ceremony. The next day, Robert Dress as a commoner goes to the market where he finds Ella trying to sell her dress after some playful banter. He buys it for three times the amount she originally asked. He later invites her to the ball being held two weeks later with the promise of introducing her to various people from the world to sell her dresses to how romantic when the day arrives. Ella is getting ready when her stepmother Vivian throws ink on her dress and tells her the only that only her stepsisters Mal Malvolia and Nerissa can attend. Since Thomas, the vegetable merchant, has already confirmed his desire for Ella's hand, Ella is sad, but her fabulous godmother, played by Billy Porter, magically appears and dresses her in a design of Ella's with glass shoes and turns mice into footmen and a crate into a carriage. Ella goes to the ball and meets Tantiana, a visiting queen who offers to take her around the world as a dressmaker for her and asks to meet her the next day in the Market Square later Robert finds Ella shows his sister Princess Gwen wearing the gown he bought from Ella previously and proposes to Ella Ella refuses however she wants to start her career she tells uh that if she marries him she tells her that if she marries him it will be the end of her dream and Robert from his small age wanted to become the king and he is also not ready to accept this at the stroke of Midnight she leaves the hall after throwing her shoe at one of the King's attendants. Who throws his shoe, Ronnie Adams? (laughs) (laughs) Who throws his shoe? Uh, The next day, Vivian tells Ella her life story that she was also an ambitious girl like Ella and even had to get Don an opportunity to learn the piano in a reputed music school. Uh, She left home to study, and when she came back home, her husband gave her a divorce, saying she is not a suitable wife, and kicked her and her daughters out. When she was about to leave Ella's room, she finds Ella's glass slipper, and knowing the truth about that her stepdaughter is the mysterious princess she tries to convince ella to marry robert when ella refuses vivian gives her to thomas when the king entered into into the queen's room and she does not take any notice of him to which the queen replies that this is a family and love is important the king says that he loves uh robert and she says that he loved him before he became a king and that he is not paying any respect to her and not even accepting her words She even, so she, so like Wonder Woman, she nags him into submission. Uh, She even tells, since he became king, he only thought of expanding his kingdom. Robert's mother, Queen Beatrice, helps his father, King Rowan, understand that it will be right to let him marry a commoner. The king thinks of these words and allows the prince to marry his love. Rowan even gives him the glass slipper. Robert keeps searching for Ella and finds her running in the forest after she escapes from Thomas. They confess their love to each other as Ella and Robert kiss and reach the market in time to show the benefactor her designs, who accepts them and asks Ella to travel with her. Robert introduces Ella to Rowan and Beatrice and informs them of their decision to backpack across Europe, uh, to travel the world. He knows this will ruin his plans for future ascension to the throne, but Beatrice smiles as Rowan proudly declares, like, Gwen, his sister, will now be the first in line to the throne. Citizens of the kingdom gather to witness the ceremony announcing that princess's position and that Robert and ella are in love all right ronnie you have been bugging me for a whole month to uh talk about this movie so go ahead lay it on me brother all right we seem to have lost ronnie <laughs> so until he comes back um let me talk about what i thought of this this was a mixed bag um I can see this as sort of like a feminist cause celebrate, uh, especially for little girls. I can absolutely see like little girls, like my daughter who absolutely loved this. She thought this was fantastic. She liked the modern sensibilities of the feminist Cinderella. It spoke to her, but she's like 10 and I can absolutely see, uh, I can absolutely see other little girls, uh, around my, around my daughter's age. um, enjoying the movie i think that's the problem though like this is a (laughs) this is such a limited movie in terms of its scope and audience like i can see now why sony sold this because when you've already got a depressed market you know theater market like we do now this does not have even as a musical this does not have wide appeal and when you look at how the only other musical you compare to you know uh in the heights did over the summer certain musicals have broad appeal and others have very niche appeal so not every musical makes a billion dollars as others have done in the past um so with that being said i can see you know not everyone's going to love sort of the feminist message of this thing i mean i thought it was fine doesn't appeal to me personally, but I can certainly see its appeal to a certain segment of the population. And like I said, you had four people watching this, and we all kind of had a different takeaway. So for me, um, there was... I brought up before uh, criticism that I had heard about about this and about Vacation Friends, and... Um, oh, sorry, I, th- I had to step okay. away for a second. Nope, you're fine. Um, the criticism of Cinderella that I kind of agree with was how the songs themselves don't really match the moment in which they're being sung and in like some cases it it feels like they're just singing the song because on a very surface level the chorus of the song might reflect the mood of the moment oh oh that got on my my nerves nerves. so bad yeah i I didn't realize you had left so i was pitching to you to, to kind of just go into your thing here but yeah, go ahead and take over, starting with how the music doesn't um, really match the moment in a lot of places.
0: First of all, I had to apologize because I had a little issue on my end. Uh I sent you a message. I was like, he'll never get
1: that. <laughs> well, so. when I stopped reading the plot synopsis and saw that there was nobody on camera and I pitched to nobody, I was like, Oh shit, let me uh yeah, let me vamp I'm here. So
0: sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um so okay. First of all, first thing that popped up in my head uh when they were introducing the whole world, I was like, okay, this is like a 17th 18th or not 18th but like 18th century kind of thing going on here um and all of a sudden they broke out the the angle grinders <laughs> and i was like okay well there's electricity here what's going on so that bothered me just that's that's one of those simple things that bothered me i did not go into this i promise uh i'm not one to go into something you know with my hate blinders on sir I, I I'm not like that. You know, I don't see something say, Oh, I'm going to hate that. And then go in knowing that I'm going to hate that. The only thing that I was ever really. Now, have I said, I'm going to hate that by viewing the, 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 the trailer and gone in with, you know, dropped, try to drop everything about it mm-hmm. and just to watch it and come out saying, Nope, that was just as bad as I was afraid it was going to be. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic four remake. Um, was one of those that came out worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, (laughs) This one came out worse than I thought it was going to be as well. Now I, I found the music very it. Okay. In every aspect that it was trying to reach, it tried so hard Mm -hmm. that it failed on every aspect the only thing, when you can say, when I can look at a, fan, a movie and say, the only thing that I enjoyed was James Corden being a mouse, <laughs> then I'm like, man, this movie was really not for me. Were they talented? Absolutely. Everybody in that cast seems like they're super talented. Minnie Driver, I'm glad to see she has work. I'm sorry it's this. Um,
1: I'm, I'm going to actually disagree with you. I don't think, uh, what's this gal's name again? Um, I don't think Camilla Cabello was good in this. I think you, I think she sings just fine. She's talented. singer. Is. Yeah, but like her line delivery, I didn't find believable at all. And it felt like if a lot of this feels like it was just first takes, like whatever yeah. she's, however she delivers it, that's what we'll go with. No one's here to listen to her talk anyway. I this absolutely agree really with you on that.
0: Um, I was going to actually retroactively say, I don't like how she delivered, you know, how she acted, how uh, you're her, the, the part. But I liked, she she can sing. Um, speaking of singing, Adina Menzel, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Just because a part has singing in it doesn't mean you have to take
1: it. I haven't heard too much in Idina Menzel, but like, she does Material Girl in this, doesn't she? And that was a, yet another one where, like, yeah. I don't think anyone in the, making this movie understood the point of Material Girl. No. By the way, my daughter's reaction to Material Girl is the funniest thing you'll ever see in your life. What so is it? I, I, well, I told this, I t- I told this story on the metal hammer of doom. But for those who haven't listened to that real quick, um, I took my kids to go to a concert. We saw a clutch and it was in a bar and um, it was an all ages show. And there were other kids there too, but still a bar. And, um, and there's a guy standing in front of my daughter and the back of his shirt is a pot leaf and a naked woman splayed out. And the, and the shirt says um, smoke pot, eat twat. Oh, wow. And my daughter reads the shirt and and and, it, and out loud, I, I don't no. But she she got my wife's attention, and my wife got my attention. And I look over, and my and my daughter is making the penny face from a you know Big Bang Theory, right. you when know, yeah. she's watching it, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like you know. Um. <laughs> so she made the same face when when in Indira What the hell is this woman's name? Adina um, Adina Menzel was singing Material Girl because you know like. I had to explain that context is king and that when Madonna wrote Material Girl, it was the 80s. It was the Reagan 80s. Yeah. It was a whole other time, you know, and so I had to explain to her what the song meant and why, you know, and why it was okay for that time. And, but where it's used here, she's like, if you think about the story of the actual story of Cinderella, the whole thing with the stepmother, and this was this was a big part of the Lily James version from 2015, which we reviewed ba- back then and then re-aired this past July. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's up in the archives. The big thing about the stepmom in the 2015 Cinderella was that she was brokenhearted by having married the man and taken in the daughter and then the man dies. Yeah. And so a lot of it is, pro- a lot of the anger is projected onto Ella. Um, but the other thing is, is that with the, with the father gone, who was a merchant, they are running out of money fast and this woman has to kind of figure out how to keep her daughters from falling into abject poverty. Well at one point she had them hanging laundry. Why yeah. are we doing Cinderella work?
0: Well I wanted you to see what's what what you're gonna have to live like if you don't find a man
1: yeah and so the the whole thing of it is is like to not to, to try to marry off your daughters in that time period to stave off abject poverty would not be a material thing it's a survival thing. Right. so her singing material girl in that scene made no sense all of the points that they try to make in
0: this are so heavy handed Mm -hmm. and done so poorly that they are doing the all of their you know all the the agendas quote unquote they're they're trying to to um, put to the forefront through this are just being hurt by this movie Mm -hmm. I mean you've got the LGBTQIA whatever and I don't say that. I, I say that because I know I mess it up every time. But you've got the the LGBTQ thing, um, which I found.
1: Just say, say pride community.
0: The what? Pride. Pride community. community. Thank you. The pride community. Um, you you've got that thing. Well, okay. You look at two different characters. You look at mm-hmm. the fabulous godmother, and then you look at um, what was his name? The 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 best friend of the prince, Wilbur. Wil, Wil something. Sure non-binary actor and you'd mm-hmm. never know it you know right um but just took on the the, the role of a, of a male now as far as the fairy or fabulous godmother they made it to point to put you know to say non-binary 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 and you're like why do you have to keep saying that when obviously you could have just you you're calling him fabulous or you know they or them and um it, it's just you know it's it's a very over the top performance of of I feel like you know maybe maybe I'm wrong in that but I was just like man you're just you're hammering this home and it, and it's it's to me it's hurting your your point in this feminism feminism um, that has been explained to me in the past because I'm not feminine and I'm not an ism guy at all I you know live and let live whatever just get off my lawn um that's me you know just stay off my lawn I'm okay but uh you you're you're driving uh, you're not you're not driving home feminism you're driving home uh emasculating men
1: yeah that's a that's a topic that comes up a lot throughout various podcasts and movie reviews that I've done um I know I've mentioned it a lot lately. We're talking about like the three Westerns that we did for the last triple feature by macho and all that. Um, and, c- and a couple of other cases where like the consensus is you can promote women and you can treat women as equals without demeaning men. That was like a big criticism of black widow. Yeah. You had the two main male characters in the movie. One's a moron yep. and insensitive. And the other one is Harvey Weinstein.
0: <laughs> right. Yep.
1: <laughs> like, w- but for why? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> oh my god um like like this so the main point I mean like one of the big points at the end was the queen finally telling him to shut up or no or whatever she said right and I'm like okay whoa hold on and then everybody applauds him he's and and not like and okay if it was if this was an actual fantasy kingdom or a medieval kingdom he would have backhanded her off the rail (laughs) You know, and
1: didn't and, Henry the Eighth have like a dozen wives, many yeah, of which failed? Because
0: they didn't. If they didn't give him a male offspring, he beheaded them. <laughs> right.
1: Meanwhile, I this mean, one's like, you're right, Wonder Woman. Oh, oh, I should goodness. be better.
0: You know, and that's why I like the character of Dan Connor so much. Mm-hmm. He let his wife be a powerful woman, yeah, and exert her exert her opinion, and be quote unquote the head of the household. But he really was. It was a shared thing with them, mm-hmm. and he could be a man, and not have and not be a, a threat to her 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 feminism, to to her uh, to her life. I am you know,
1: America's he, domestic goddess. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, back then it was a really good show. Mm-hmm. Um. Now she went a little off the rails it's um, still a great
1: show she's just not on it oh, because she doesn't know oh i know the new she's... show i
0: i can't handle I, oh I really like it. yeah you it like for it. You? yes very much so.
1: okay i got that
0: yeah it was not I, even when even when like whether you swing left or right uh mm. i'm a more conservative person even when she was like all conservative at the beginning of the show it's like well, this is way too much politics for me I don't yeah, care the, if I the, agree with the politics or not. If it's politics, it doesn't need to be on TV for
1: me. Yeah, that, the first season of the revival when she, before she had mouthed yeah. off on Twitter and got herself fired was mm-hmm. like I think they opened right up with like you know the, the Trump election or something. Yeah, like the that. Trump
0: election. She was tr- for Trump. Jack right. was against, and they yeah. hated each other. Right. And I was like, ah, oh, come on, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then then that they killed that, her though. off.
1: <laughs> that's that show always had an you know. What was yeah, it, it, like one of the first gay kisses on TV? Her yeah, and yeah. right, well, anyway, back to Cinderella. I see, Cinderella. The point, I see the point that you're making. Like, the movie... I, you the, can
0: have all that stuff without having the prince step down mm-mm. and give his sister control of the queen, of the kingdom. He gave up his entire life and dream. That
1: didn't bother so me. So she can have hers. Well, no, he didn't... But that's the thing is he realized that that wasn't his dream that's why that part, that's one of the few things that does work about he this realized movie. it wasn't his dream when he realized he wasn't going to get laid <laughs> well some men are like that um <laughs> sorry it's just how i saw it i disagree respectfully yeah i absolutely. I, I think that allowed to be wrong i think that him hey. him being and yeah, that's my racket <laughs> um I think him being like told that your destiny is to be king and him sort of leaving that because what else was there to believe until he was presented with an option for what could be if he would only let himself uh, live out, you know, l- let his heart make the decisions for him um, and then realizing, oh, wait, I never wanted to be king in the first place. That's just what everyone cool. told me I should be. And then he's like, but my sister, who's who's going to be better at this than I am and has, does want to be king or queen is a is much better suited for that role
0: and that I all worked that. for me
1: that's
0: and, and, fun you and know,
1: even with you... the stupid like mo- modern prescriptions of the movie like that's one of the ones that worked for me the stuff like ella doesn't <laughs> here's where i agree with you ella's whole thing is she doesn't want to find love she's not interested in a boyfriend she don't need no stinking man she wants to sell dresses like it's <laughs> here's the thing I'm not saying that every single girl's dream is to find a Prince Charming and be swept away and be taken no, care of. Certainly not, not. Yeah. But I don't know of too many who would outright reject having someone to love and love them in their life to, to, to the uh, erasure of all else. To the exclusion okay. of all else is what I should say. To you know, She's like, I'm willing to not let this guy love me and I'm not going to love him because I would prefer to grow up and become a dressmaker.
0: She like, actually admitted her love for him. Right. Yes, I do love you. But F all that noise because I got to go sell dresses because
1: feminism. And it's like, but but you can do both. Like right. my, wife, my wife's big dream was to grow up and become a teacher. She did that. She's also married and has two kids. Like, you you can have it all, right? <laughs> you can have your cake and eat it too. What happened to women wanting yeah. it all? Like, did we forget right. that? No, no. Oh, you know, here's I'll tell you, we'll kind of end on this point. This moves along, but I will tell you one of the big issues people have with feminism women that ha- have with feminism is that they can only is a feminist by and large. Cut off their nose to spite their face. There can only be one kind of feminism, and that is the woman must go out and work and earn a living and be successful and not have children and not have a husband. They are supposed to be power brokers. That is the only kind of feminism that's allowable. You can't demand equality and treat and treatment with dignity and, and uh, respect and be a stay at home mom, right? It doesn't work that way. And My it's like, mother- go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. My mother is a mom, of course, mm-hmm. a wife, and she was a teacher until she retired. All these things she had. Um, But you weren't going to tell her how to do something mm-hmm. that she already knew how to do. Her favorite thing was the parallel park because she showed all these guys that were watching her that she could do it when somebody, like, I was little, I think, she was getting ready to parallel park and this guy comes out of nowhere and says, honey, you want me to do that for you? And she's like, back off. Right. I can do it. And first of all, it was back in the day. So it wasn't as creepy as it is now. <laughs> um, and I think we knew him and he, mm-hmm. she, she, she parallel park. That was her favorite thing to do mainly because she wanted to show everybody that just because I'm a woman, that doesn't mean I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are certain things that she, she did just to show just to prove that she could, because and people stopped asking her, stopped thinking that oh, because she's a woman, she can't do these things. Um, to me, that spoke spoke worlds more than than anything in this movie. Okay, so right. it's the simple things that, that that are like that. Also, she's very outspoken. She's Italian, so there you go. Mom, my uh,
1: my daughter says the same thing. She's like, I don't want to be married. I don't want to settle down. I want to travel the world and I want to be successful. And like we want that for you too, Lily. But don't. You know, and, and we are always encouraging, I'm like, but don't you know, if you find someone who, who loves you and you love them and they're willing to go on the adventure with you, don't begrudge yourself that just because, you know, one does not negate the other. And, you right. know, and like being a stay at home mom does not mean you are you, you should be bereft of grace and dignity, you know, and well treatment by others. You know, like there was a period where my wife was a stay-at-home mom because she had just given birth and she wasn't working and she was home for a while, and she actually absolutely contemplated not going back to work. That didn't give me the right to then like treat her like a second-class citizen. No, and that's not. and that's feminism, and yes. that's the that's the big problem. And, and that kind of see- goes that goes, that goes back to well, the it, the main issue I have with this movie is that this is one of those. There's only one kind of feminism movies
0: and it goes back to to white what's the words cis white dudes um talking <laughs> yes, about feminism. yeah i know right <laughs> uh i hate that word um
1: tagger in this hey brie we broke the rules uh, we're sorry we broke the
0: rules we're allowed to talk about it we don't care. <laughs> um but it's just one of those things where like a woman that stays at home is confident enough to say I would rather stay at home with my children and and take care of my house, mm-hmm. and I don't give a frick what you say about it, says right. exudes more confidence and strength
1: than somebody who runs a Fortune 500 company. So I, you know, to go back to the Cinderella character. No one's saying that she shouldn't go be a dressmaker, go, no! go travel the world and be a dressmaker, and I and I guess that that is the one, movie's one saving grace is that the prince kind of comes to the you know says. They, the movie does present them as they're going to travel the world together and they're not going to worry you know and that's why he gives that's part of the why he gives up the throne it's like i'm going to go on this adventure with you so in a way the movie does kind of agree with what we're saying but boy is it a long arduous sort of windy road to get there to the point where the message is almost lost the um, message
0: was lost let's be honest
1: i uh i <sighs> In terms of representation, I get why they did what they did with the Fairy Godmother and Billy Porter, and Billy Porter did the best he could with that role in trying to make it fun and vibrant on screen. Yeah, it's a choice. I don't know if I would make it, but I'm not the one making this movie. This wasn't my vision. I don't really care.
0: I don't know. I just think Billy Porter is a talented person and can. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, this could be in. They could have been Billy's you know, input in the whole role or whatever, mm-hmm. but I just think they, they, they did him
1: wrong. I, I don't know. Um, I think, like I said, I think the, the more normalization of the various array of LGBTQ out there in film and television is probably a good thing. Um, I, I, why it had to be the fairy godmother is again, I'd love to ask Kay, Kay can like, what are we, what are we doing with this role? Why did you feel this was necessary? Um, but they did. And it's real. And it's, my son had some questions. He was like, "Why is the dude in a dress?" I'm like, all right, listen. Um, That's a, a very tasteful. A slacks, rainbow of people out there who do wonderful things. Seven year old child. First
0: of all, it was more of a cape.
1: <laughs> very tasteful slacks. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I think. For me, like I said, the worst part of this movie was how they used the music and the, the song selection, and it oh, kind of drove me nuts. By far,
0: it was awful.
1: Yeah, I can I can tolerate like the the pro LGBTQ you know representation. I can tolerate. Keep it off my lawn. I can tolerate the sort of you know only one kind of feminism message that. of the movie. <laughs> Keep everything I, off my lawn. I, but if the music had worked for me, I would have be I'd be. I'd be less unkind to the movie, but like when the music is the main thing and it sucks and your singer sucks in her acting and everything is sort of muddled and stupid. And this, it also looks cheap. Did you get that? It really did.
0: It really did. It looked like an after-school
1: special. Yeah. Like this thing had a, let me see what the budget was on this. This thing doesn't have a printed budget. I'd have to dig for it. So real quick, just to kind of close out this part of it and then we'll move on. Um, Despite the fact that us two cisgendered white males whose opinions don't matter uh, watch this and have unkind things to say about it, according to Samba TV, the film was watched in 1.1 million U.S. households in its four-day Labor Day weekend debut. According to analytics company Screen Engine, Cinderella was the most watched streaming movie over that weekend, as well as the most watched movie musical yet in 2021, more than in the heights. So this was a win for them. Like we could not like it all we want, but you know. Oh, I, my
0: opinion doesn't mean <laughs> jack when it comes down to that. <laughs> but I, I will that. tell you,
1: there's gonna I guarantee you there's gonna be incentive now for Hollywood Studios to produce more stuff like Cinderella because this was a big win. And right now, if you're winning in streaming, you're winning in general. So that's that. Hey, uh, one last thing, and then we'll we really will move on here. Uh, I know you and I were not in love with the music of this. But for those people that were, you can find the soundtrack on Amazon.com. And we're actually giving away a free 30 days of the Amazon Music Unlimited streaming service. Uh, If you click the link in the description of this podcast, you'll get the free 30 days after filling out the information. uh, And you can listen to Cinderella all you want. Have a grand time. You can listen to Indira Menzel sing Material Girl. (laughs) You can listen to them sing Queen and God only knows what. I don't even remember anymore. to your heart's content. So that's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network to get your free 30 day trial of the Amazon Music Service. Okay. Our last film, another one on Amazon Prime. This one I don't think was ever intended for the theaters. This one looks like it was um, wherever it was shown initially. Uh, it was bought almost directly and thrown into the, uh, the pile of Amazon studios. So um, this is Jolt. And uh, this was directed by Tanya Wexler, um, who you might know from the 2011 feature film Hysteria. Uh, it stars, as I said before, Kate Beckinsale, Bolly Cavanaugh from um, Vinyl, Laverne Cox from uh, Orange is the New Black, stanley tucci from everything and jai courtney most recently in suicide squad and it was released july 23rd by amazon studios and there's no plot synopsis here but um here's what happens in the movie a bouncer lindy lewis who's played by keith peckinsale who has (laughs) intermittent explosive disorder which offends me greatly as a professional mental health person goes on a date with a man named justin who's jai courtney upon learning of his murder the next morning she goes on a hunt for the killer well her vest used to suppress her symptoms becomes less and less effective. so she so um, Kate Beckinsale she has this condition where she hulks out and hurts people. She's had it like since she was a child and they've tried various therapies with her and she's you know been to various institutions or whatever. And finally they find that electrical impulses will shock her uh, into calming down basically and not hulking out. So she wears this vest with leads on it, that, and she has a little button, a little trigger, and whenever she starts to hulk out, she hits the button, uh, she gets the electric charge, and she, you know, and the condition, writes itself. Okay, so that's the movie. Right? So that's, that's like the whole setup. And apparently, when she does hulk out, she literally has like, superhero powers. She, she kicks all the ass. <laughs> she can snap necks, you know, with the greatest of ease. She's, she's a killer. Uh, So she goes on this date, and the whole date is supposed to actually be a therapeutic exercise. She's supposed to feel like if she can get, she has a lot of antisocial personality issues going on, doesn't like people, she's quick to anger, that sort of thing. But her therapist, who's played by Stanley Tucci, and I think who helped design this electrical impulse vest, said, hey, go on this date and see how you do, see if you can tolerate the presence of another human being. And um, she ends up going on the date. She goes on a second date with him. He ends up sleeping with her. Um, You know, he seduces her. He gets her to take off the vest. And she wakes up and she's like, oh, my God, this was the the greatest day ever. I had a wonderful date. I didn't want to kill the guy. I didn't kill the guy. It was magic. So that's that. And then he turns up dead. And unfortunately. So she starts. So even though the cops are involved. And uh, the cops are played by Bobby Cavanaugh and Laverne Cox. Um, they're like, hey, we're detectives and we'll, we'll solve this murder. Just give us information and go about your business. And she's like, no, not good enough. This was the love of my life after 24 hours of sex. So anyway, so she goes into the underworld <laughs> and she starts looking for clues. And she so she you know, she's like Batman. She's like beating people for information. And one thing leads to another, and she eventually uh finds this old white mobster criminal type. Um, and she kills all of his henchmen, and just before he's able to she's able to kill him, Jai Courtney reappears. <laughs> and Jai Courtney's like, it was me <laughs> sorry, and Jai Courtney says
0: It was all me, James. It's always been me, the author of all your pain.
1: gets old it doesn't um yeah he it was a setup all along he he uh was hip to her by stanley tucci actually because he he needed somebody to infiltrate this mob and kill this guy and i was so disinterested in the movie by this point i forgot what the reason was yeah but basically he wanted this guy dead and he figured if he if with the right motivation he could get Kate Pickensale to do it and she basically succeeds yeah, And then they have a fight, and I think she ends up killing... Him. Oh, she blows him up. That's what blows happens. Blows him up. <clears throat> so she blows him up, and you would think that would be the end of the movie, but no, she still has to go confront Stanley Tucci. And Stanley Tucci's like, but don't you understand... I'm your father. <laughs> I, Wait, what? Might as well have well well said, said that. that yeah, he, Don't you understand? You are the living weapon, Iron Fist. You, you know, you can... <laughs> You can do all kinds of amazing things, and don't. And and this this whole thing was to get you to control your Hulk powers so that you could become an Avenger. And so she kills him. Yeah, I like <laughs> your version a lot better, by the way. <laughs> and so at the after, at the end of the movie, uh, Susan Sarandon shows up, but she has a patch on. She's like, "I'd like to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative." <laughs> um. <laughs> she's the worst Black Widow ever, by the way. <laughs> and so, no, in all seriousness, Susan Sarandon shows up, and she's like, "Hey, we have work to do." And that's in the movie. And this, by that she meant the
0: script, and they just kept it in because it was a good line. Um so
1: let me tell you how this movie reminded me of so you you and I are similar in age, as we've talked about before. Give or take a few years. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the mom and pop video store? Like the early oh, days. Absolutely, yeah. The early days of the VHS rental market. Right? Yeah. And how In order to keep those places afloat, they needed to have more than just the hit movies on the shelves. They needed to have all kinds of garbage. Okay. So remember the garbage action flick? Yep. Like the nondescript, like it might've only aired in one market, you know, and now, you know, and now they're selling videotapes. Like, like movies that were in very selected markets would have second lives as VHS tapes because they would be, they were everywhere to be rented.
0: I saw a, I'm from West Virginia. So these little pop-up stores were, everywhere Mm -hmm. if you had a gas station or you said you might have a gas station there was all of a sudden that was a seed that needed to be planted to get you to rent VHSs. yeah so i mean i traveled so far into the country one time i didn't know where i was and there was a vhs rental place there Mm -hmm. and a literal plywood shack they rented vhs tapes so there was a meme a while back that just showed movies on a, on, and and there was two two labels on them that just said titties and fighting. <laughs> that's the name of my autobiography. Titties and fighting. Titties and fighting. Fightin'. And that's it. And that's <laughs> that's the movies you had. And when our when ours went out on the limb and and started getting horror movies, and then you know kid section whatever, there are movies I'd never heard of before. Yep. You know, and still don't know where they came from. Yep. And the some of them were the absolute best. This would have been in that section.
1: It totally would have. This is this is one of those like D-level junk action movies.
0: It's wonderful to kick on and forget about.
1: Yeah, this is definitely like I when I I, I talk about this with Robert all the time about like the renaissance of the cheaply made movie. Yeah. Because streaming services now are an infinite it probably
0: video makes him insane.
1: It it um sorry you know the it's the infinite shelf you know what i mean it you know we video rental stores are now streaming services whether it's amazon prime or disney plus or shutter and they need netflix they need to cancel shutter (laughs) they need as much like content as possible and there's more and more streaming services coming on board every day i mean look at what happened with paramount recently paramount like pulled all almost all of its releases and either whatever's left of this year, they either made them day and date on Paramount Plus, or you know they, they kicked them into next year. And right. like I think they made an announcement that it was something along the lines of we are going to focus on movies meant for our streaming service, like the next Paranormal Activity movie coming out next month. Right. So, so That's like is
0: I don't like that, but I get it.
1: So Jolt absolutely feels like a movie that was always meant to be on a streaming service. The the words we're looking for
0: are direct-to-video.
1: Yes, yes,
0: yes. This was a direct-to-video movie. And the sad thing about that, if, you if you're all listening to us, watching us, whatever, um, and you don't know what that means, you are too young, go to bed.
1: <laughs> um, Has Kate Beckinsale done anything besides the Underworld movies of note of any kind of value? She is
0: very attractive. I yes <laughs> i mean that's about all i know
1: so i'm looking at her i'm looking at her filmography she did vacancy and i really like that i appreciate that as a horror movie oh my god she was in Pearl harbor um yes, she was she's in serendipity no this is 20 years ago though so 20 Pearl years harbor ago, she had half- 20 years ago good god 20 years ago she had a halfway decent career but let's let's just look at the last 10 years okay? Click so she so 2012 season contraband underworld awakening total recall the um the remake remake yeah republicans get my vagina get in my vagina sorry The
0: uh, what
1: it's a short film don't worry about it the trials of kate mccall stonehurst i don't know what these oh it's are. a funnier or die thing um the face of an angel absolutely anything love and friendship the disappointments room underworld <laughs> blood wars 2017 the only living boy in new york 2018 20 um 2019 untouchable uh which is immoral, a documentary right? actually and now jolt and she has two movies coming out in the very near future el Tonto, and prisoner's daughter so like she gets work but she's not in anything of real note within the last 10 years that i
0: right can which is a shame because she's a fine actress
1: yeah um, she She actually sells this movie pretty well. I mean, like, all they need her to do is, you know, read lines, kick guys in the face, and look sexy doing it. And she has to, and and I think that the big thing is she has to sell the gimmick, which is this electrical impulse vest. The problem is, it's like, this is in that vein of like revenge movie, like John Wick, where you have one lone person cutting their way through the mob. And this is one iteration of that genre type, that subgenre. And it's yeah. not done particularly well or interesting. It's like almost Peppermint. Couple... Yeah, I haven't watched it, but that kind of thing. Yeah. I liked uh, Peppermint. That was Jennifer Garner, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I like Peppermint. I'm a Jennifer Garner fan, but okay. I-, I liked it. Um it's not going to win. Now that you any... said that I'm
1: going to make you defend I'm going to make you defend Electra. <laughs> <laughs> I is like why do I come on this podcast? <laughs> i'll do it it's not gonna be good but i'll do it (laughs) i'll do it but i won't like it um i don't have a whole lot else to say about this this is definitely one of those where like if you have an hour and a half to kill and you know and you've got amazon prime and you're like i should watch more of the amazon prime exclusive stuff or why do i even have this service you would do worse than to watch jolt but it is a Dumb, blah, plain, stupid, not really understanding how mental health works movie.
0: Direct-to-video action movie. Think think Dolph Lundgren
1: in his prime. (laughs) Meet Kate Beckinsale, the female version of Dolph Lundgren.
0: I wouldn't put her that far, but... (laughs) I mean, Dolph does what he does. Dolph does what Dolph does well. Mm Mm-hmm um I, and honestly the man is actually not a bad actor and he's a very intelligent human being i like him in the expendables movies the Expendables movies are amazing and you know the the crap that they spewed about him and expendables two having um they said he had a doctorate but he does he has a master's
1: mm-hmm. in
0: chemical engineering he right. legitimately has a master's in chemical engineering I'm and sure. was a black belt champion in karate the man's, he's a world, he's a worldly man. He's a man about town, but he just, he makes poor decisions. Sometimes are any, well,
1: I mean, are any of these guys that came from the worlds of like physical competition, weightlifting, et cetera, like superb actors? I mean, none of them really are. So it's yeah, the one varying degree true. to another. And, and a lot many of them just got better with the more practice they got.
0: Yeah. And Dolph is okay. I mean, he's good. He is what he is. Mm-hmm. He does what he does well, you know, but, um, just some you of know, the things he does, he doesn't do, he doesn't make good decisions in them.
1: Well, sometimes it's not even his fault. If you're, you know, if you're given a bunch of scripts and it's all you, yeah. you know, showing off your muscly muscles and not really getting any good parts, but he was the first know, Punisher. He was. Yeah. He was the first pa- Frank Castle and it was not a bad movie. Um, Yeah. I've heard mixed. mixed I've, not I've a heard a good movie, but I not have, a bad movie. I've heard it's better than masters of the universe and Superman four, and that's good enough for me. I All right. Masters anything else about Jolt? If not, we're gonna close out.
0: No, nah, I, I. mean, you nailed it. You you nailed. You hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it is what it is. I mean, it was like I I could have spent worse time um, watching something else, but you know, it's not something I'm going to go turn on again r- real quick.
1: All right. Um. So this week, uh, we started off the week with releasing a source material for Venom Carnage Unleashed, and that was Jason Teasley and Jesse Starcher. We re-aired and Everyone Loves a Bad Guy with um, myself, Jason Teasley, and Robert Winfrey talking about Venom and Carnage and the rest of the Marvel symbiotes. Um, Also, myself and Chris Bailey and Harry Broadhurst, we reviewed Extreme Rules 2021. Uh, Another Everyone Loves a Bad Guy, this time with uh, Robert Winfrey and Pat Mullen, they looked back at The Sopranos, uh, and that's coming out. We did that because of... um, Tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this or today, uh, the Many Sense of Newark is airing on Day and Date on HBO Max and in theaters. Myself, Robert Cooper, and Jesse Starcher reviewed the new uh, Poppy album Flux. And for shits and giggles, we played my cousin's new hit single, Ready, Aim, Fire. She goes by the name Mercy. Uh, so if you've got Spotify and you want to see what my cousin is doing, uh, she is, oh, you know, Oh, Have Mercy or whatever it is on Twitter, and she's Mercy on um instagram and she's mercy on spotify where you can find ready Aim fire and saho bang bang which is another single that she does i guess she I guess she's got an album coming out next year so anyway we played that on the poppy review just for shits and giggles tomorrow we're re-airing an old review that we did of ministries from beer to eternity and that's because ministry is releasing a new album tomorrow um this weekend we've got all james bond content all the time we've got a two-parter, everyone loves a bad guy on James Bond villains. We are re-airing our Long Road to Ruin for the uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond, the first three. And then we'll be doing a DMU Hollywood for The Many Saints of Newark. On the 5th of October, we'll be doing a DMU Hollywood for Venom 2. And then because like everybody I've ever known in my life wanted to talk about Venom, we're doing an extra roundtable. It's going to be hosted by Jesse Starcher and it's going to feature one Ronnie Adams. And uh, Robert Cooper will be doing Double Duty. He'll be on that and The Damn You Hollywood. And Pat Mullen. What are we doing the roundtable again? Wednesday. I knew next. that. Why
0: am I asking that?
1: And then uh, Thursday the 7th, we're re-airing our review of Spectre, the fourth Daniel Craig James Bond movie. And then um, the weekend of the 8th and 9th and the 10th is all, is the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder trilogy. We're going to re-air alternative commentary for the first one on Friday the 8th the second one uh, on Saturday the 9th, and then we'll have live alternative commentary for the trilogy um, on the 10th. We will also be re-airing our Long Road to Ruin discussion on Final Destination from a few years ago. So that'll be fun. And that's all the stuff I've got going on. Ronnie Adams, you're a misvent. You're a miscreant. I have a show.
0: (laughs) I have a Twitch channel. Uh, It's kind of barren right now because... I hit a wall with video games and I haven't twitched, I haven't streamed any video games lately and I need to, um, I'm getting back on that, but uh, misfits and miscreants uh, spelled just how it said, I guess you could say um, that is the, the Twitch channel where I stream a bi-weekly actual play Dungeons and Dragons stream. Um, it is really awesome. We had uh, our first one, which was called uh, Trouble and Winterhold, but now we're on a completely different, um, a completely different story. Where I am the DM, uh, we have a few new, uh, I guess you'd say, cast members. We have a few new players. Um, we are moving up to seven uh, PCs now, player characters, uh, and we will be on session three this Saturday, October the second, uh, at six PM. It's a lot of fun. Uh, D and D to me has been really helpful lately, you know, as far as, uh, getting out of the house and and mental health and, and keeping everything up in the old dome straight. Um, that's why I like it. But D and D is, uh, if you've never played it, it's a lot of fun. Role playing games are amazing. And that's what I want to bring the content of. Well, role playing games, some, some board games, some video games, things like that. Um, we've got, uh, I'm going to get some permissions, But we've got free RPG day coming up October the, let's see, the 2nd and then the 16th. October the 16th is free RPG day. I'm going to be hosting a couple of different games, one uh, called Call of Cthulhu and uh, based on the the Cthulhu mythos um, by Lovecraft. And then um, then I will be playing another game called uh, Monster of the Week based on the actual Monster of the Week shows uh like buffy the vampire slayer x-files all these other you know supernatural all these other monster of the week shows and we'll see if i can get the any, any of that time streamed to show off these different uh these different games um a lot of fun i want y'all if if you see us streaming please come out and hang out with us uh we try to interact with you as much as we can in the chat um we do giveaways things like that we've given away uh dice we've given away dice mats we've given away um miniatures things like that that you know you use for D D. uh we do a lot of things we try to interact with everybody uh i'm opening a patreon soon so we'll have some exclusive content on there as well uh so come come hang out give us a follow and see what we are, see what we're about
1: all right folks thanks for joining us here on triple feature uh, i don't know when we're doing another one of these again <laughs> we have Oof. a lot of We've a lot of damn you hollywood's coming oh i know when we're doing another one alexis hannah and i will be doing one at the end of october for um S- straight out of nowhere scooby-doo meets courage um, muppet haunted mansion and my little pony the next generation <laughs> so that'll be the next triple feature that we do uh, in the meantime for ronnie adams i'm mark Rattledge. be well be safe and behave